Better and Longer with The Fitness Show, hosted by fitness expert, author, and TV personality, Fitz Kohler. She'll tell you why diets are dumb, supplements are snake oil, and the truth about how you can earn a lean, hard, pain-free, and athletic body. Now for our favorite bossy blonde, Fitz Kohler. Hi team, I'm Fitz Kohler, your fitness expert and very noisy race announcer from fitness.com and welcome to the fitness show. Tonight, I have three incredible guests that have lost about 400 pounds cumulatively and they did so with the help of surgery, gastric bypass, and then there's another variation we're going to talk about, Uh, but it's, it's a topic that a lot of people are intrigued by, perhaps confused by, and I'm not going to claim to be an expert on this type of surgery, but who better to um, explain the pros and cons, the good, bad, and ugly than people who've had it. And, you know, my opinion up front as a highly qualified and experienced fitness expert is that, you know, ideally we want everyone to be of ideal weight by uh, eating healthy food and moving their body and getting quality sleep and removing the cranky people that always helps. Um, but obesity is lethal. It's, it's a fatal disease. You may not call it a disease may not be the word that works, but it, it will turn fatal eventually. And so I do think that um, if you're not finding a solution through the old fashioned method methods, then this is a really good choice for somebody who's, you know, and their lives being threatened by their weight. So I, I'm really excited about this conversation. I've actually never had lengthy conversation with people who've had any sort of bariatric surgery. So um, my guests are awesome. They're people I genuinely like and admire. And one is actually even an old high school friend. So couldn't be better than this. We're going to start with that guy, Mr. Pierre Venant, the gentleman. Hello. Hello, Fitz. How are you doing? I'm thrilled, Pierre. So happy to have you. Uh, we also have here. fellow Gator and running fan, Miss Taryn Buckley. Hi, Taryn. Hi, everyone. Hello. And then the beautiful and talented, who's also a big Disney fan and runner, Christy Woodard. Hi, Christy. Hi. So before we get into um, weight loss surgery and fitness, I always like to, you know, find out a little bit about my guests besides the weight loss stuff. So I'm going to ask you each just real quickly, who was your very first Hollywood crush? <laughs> Aaron, you're up. I had to think on that for a minute. I'm probably, I'm like, I guess not Hollywood, but I'll go with one of the Backstreet Boys. That was, <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. All right. So Kevin Richardson from the Backstreet Boys, that was probably my first, my first crush. Okay. All right. A cutie. And Christy, what about you? Well, I'm an 80s girl, so it was it was the uh, Rob Lowe, Matt Dillon, uh, all, C. Thomas Howell. I had all those posters on oh, my the wall. Outsiders, the whole Outsiders. Yes, yes. <laughs> Very good choice. And Pierre, what about you? I'm going to have to go with my all-time favorite, Jay Lowe, Jennifer <laughs> Lopez. <Yeah. laughs> And and she's taken. Are you okay with Ben Affleck? How do you feel about that wedding? I mean, he's a nice guy, but definitely uh, if that doesn't work out, she knows where to find me. Hopefully okay. she knows where to find me. <laughs> I'm not available. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, 
she's uh, definitely on my list. <laughs> J-Lo is a total hall pass, by the way. I don't care who you're married to or who you're yeah. dating. <laughs> the ultimate hall pass. All right. Favorite sport to watch, favorite sport to participate in. Christy. Oh, running. R running for sure. Yeah. Disney running. And now I like watching the marathon. Who would ever thought that would have ever happened? I love watching that. Okay. All right. Me too. So both of those running, running. What about you, Taryn? Soccer. Hands down. That is our, that's the family go-to. I grew up playing soccer. My husband and I met, we were both soccer players. And um, we, if we can, we try to go every four years to the World Cup together. I was going to say, I, I believe I've seen you at the World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> Really cool, Bastian. That's your favorite sport to play and watch. Yes, absolutely. Can't play it. You know, my my knees aren't as great as they were when I was in my teens. But um, I do a lot of running now, so I guess that translated a bit from soccer. Yeah, it definitely did for sure. And Pierre, what about you? I mean, for me, I'm going to say college football is my one of my favorite things to watch, and also UFC, um, mixed martial arts fighting, uh, training, kickboxing, and Muay Thai over the last couple of years. And definitely between watching college football from my college football days and, you know, high school football to UFC, those are the favorite things I like to watch. And as far as things to do now, I love to run. I've done a bunch of 5Ks. I've done a bunch of Tough Mudders, Spartan races. Um, so definitely enjoy running and obstacle races. And then I just started doing duathlons where cycling and running at the same time. So definitely try to expand my horizon when it comes to running and you know, I know I'm not going to be able to fight in the UFC or play football anymore. So I might as well uh, run and bike to keep me healthy. Yeah, well, and Mr. Endurance Athletes, don't be surprised if you start swimming, too. It'll, it'll, it'll just <laughs> land there. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, yeah. Surprise. Don't be surprised. <laughs> All right. So thanks for letting us get to know you a little bit outside of this weight loss journey. Um, I would love to know, you know, what you were like before your surgery. So the Cliff Notes version, but tell me, you know, tell us what you weighed or how, how much overweight you were, depending on how much you want to reveal. And, you know, what was your life like when you were at this concerning weight? Christy, I'm going to start with you. Um, I started gaining weight in my 30s um, after I quit smoking. And I had gotten up to 251 pounds. I'm five foot six. And I was still trying to run, but I was, um, I discovered running just in 2014, but it was, it was harder with my weight. Um, I've now have a torn meniscus and I've had some issues, um, but I was, I was having uncontrollable GERD and acid reflux with every meal I would eat. I was pre-diabetic. I was having hypertension. Um, they sent me for a stress test so I could see myself as my 50th birthday was approaching. I could see myself just getting old. And um, a doctor that I met with, you know, said to me, um, you know, Christy, how many elderly obese people do you do you see? And I thought, oh, my God, none. <laughs> none. So I knew I had to, to get some control. So I was 250 pounds when I decided I, that I needed to make a, a pretty major change. And uh, yeah, I, I ask people that too. How many, how many 400 pounds, 70 year olds do you see around? And the answer is just, None. they don't exist. So. And I never considered that. And I actually thought that was a mind blowing moment for me. And I, and I, but I spent some time looking around and I thought, oh my God, that's a thing. Yeah. I'm going to die. I'm going to, I need to get my, my stuff together. That's great motivation. Mm -hmm. Great motivation. Uh, Pierre, what about you? 
life before uh, surgery? Life before surgery for me, for up until my you know younger days, I was always in shape. You know, I, I, I've always been athletic. I uh, played you know high school football, played college football for a little bit, and then worked in nightclubs. So I always worked out, stayed in shape. And like Chris said, um, I didn't start putting weight until my 30s where, you know, before I would stay right around between 250, 285, but solid muscles. And, but then um, got hurt and right around my early thirties and couldn't work out the way I wanted to work out. So I started eating more because of the way I used to train because I used to lift a lot of heavy weights and stuff. So I went from about being about 250 to 285 where I blew up between work and medical problems, back pain. And it seemed like as things happened and I put on more weight, I occurred more medical issues. And I went from like 250, 280 up to 380 plus pounds. And at that point in time, I realized in my life, you know, I needed to make some change. And even between, I would go up to 380, drop down, I would work out. I think I did one of my first Tough mutters, and I weighed about 325. And that was a 14 mile run. Um, did that race and couldn't walk straight for like a week, but definitely was a, a life-changing experience for me and definitely wanted to find a way to get back into shape and, you know, bouncing back and forth. And as you get older, things get rougher and makes it a little more difficult to lose weight. So uh, ultimately I had to make that decision. Okay. Okay. And Taryn? So I too was pretty active growing up um, soccer um, very competitively, even played in college for a bit. And I would say some of, some of those struggles came in college with weight and just kind of eating. Same as Pierre said, you're so used to eating a certain way while you train and even getting away with eating lots of junky food um, because you're going to expend so many calories. So it's really hard to make that adjustment when you stop doing those activities and you're still eating junky, you know? So gained a little bit to have that freshman 15 that was easily stacked on, lost it, gained it again after I um, had, I have two beautiful boys and gained lots of mommy weight. Uh, with the first son, I gained like 85 pounds. I lost most of it. Um, then I got pregnant again with our second son and I actually was running half marathons throughout the majority of my pregnancy up until like the six month mark. Um, it was a goal to run every single month of pregnancy. And I did that. Um, but still, despite that, still managed to put on 60 pounds after that child. Um, and then it just became really hard to lose the weight after that, after that second pregnancy. Um, it was almost everything you did. I remember pouring into myself 100%, uh, working real hard. And each month you'd be like, okay, I've only lost five pounds after doing everything I'm supposed to do, tracking everything, working out. And then things just kind of spiraled out of control from there. I went, I got up to about 318 pounds. Um, around that was my highest. And um, it was just very difficult to come back down. Diagnosed with diabetes, sleep apnea, um, almost every single thing, PCOS, so lots of doctor's appointments, up to 20 prescription medications, um, mm. and just couldn't really get any of it under control. So a combination of my doctors were the ones who basically kind of like Christy said, that wake up call, hey, you know, you're young, you've got these young kids, 
you want to be around for that? You know, you're winded walking up the steps. You can't, you're going to Disney and you can't fit on roller coasters. This isn't fun, you know? Mm -hmm. So a lot of those kind of factors came in as I was making decisions about what to do next. So um, when it was recommended or suggested to each of you to have surgery, um, did any of you say yes right away or was it a difficult decision to make? Christy? Um, well, for me, it was, it was my decision. So a few friends had had bas uh, bariatric surgery, either the sleeve or the bypass over the last couple of years with a doctor out of Baltimore, um, Dr. Betsy Dovek. And so I started following her on Instagram for like three years, just kind of stalking her from the side and uh, never really sure that I wanted to, to do it because it's, permanent. And my God, you know, am I really ready to give up the Cheetos and the bad choices and the excuses? And I wasn't sure. Um, so when I brought it up to my doctor, whether it be my gastroenterologist who I'm seeing for the GERD or my gynecologist, you know, I thought somebody would say to me, well, you don't need that, you know, but no one did. Everyone said, that's a great idea. <laughs> Okay. So, so it was it was me um, watching and thinking about it for a long time, several years. And then honestly, it was a it was a trip to Disney and almost not fitting into a ride. And it was a a candid photo that was taken of me that I saw that because, you know, I control all the photos from here way up high and you don't need to see any of the stuff. And I saw this picture and I legitimately did not recognize myself and it's scared and it, and it freaked me out. And I thought I've got to make a big change. So that's how I got to that decision. Yeah. Powerful stuff. I just had a guest Janelle Cooper on my show a couple of weeks ago, Janelle lost 120 pounds and she, you know, she was inspired by a photo. Someone just took a picture of her and she had no idea that she says that she had gained so much weight. She just, it was, it was a photo. So for everyone hiding from cameras, stand in front of them. Let's get the, the real honest view. Maybe you take action upon those photos, right? Your brain will your brain will mess with you. And I didn't realize to that level. I mean, I knew I was overweight and I knew that I wasn't as heavy as I should be, but I I legitimately didn't think I was as heavy as I was. But I wouldn't also wouldn't get on the scale. Yeah. I wouldn't even get on the scale of the doctor's office. I mean, so I knew, but I I, you know, that candid photo, I mean, I can close my eyes and remember seeing that picture and having that, like, it, it was strong. So. <laughs> wow. Wow. And Pierre, what about you? How were you convinced to go for the surgery? I mean, uh, a lot of the same reasons as well. Basically for me, I think one of the moments that really pushed me to have the surgery, cause you know, I would gain weight, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight. Um, so I never thought I really needed it until, you know, one day I went to dinner with some friends of mine and halfway through the dinner, I just didn't feel right and almost passed out. They had to rush me to the emergency room. They had to do a bunch of tests and stuff on me. They had to do a, um, uh, some cardio stuff on me. And then it got to the point where it's just, I got tired of going to the hospital for different reasons. And you know, my heart went into AFib. So I had to get, uh, do a cardio version, get my heart shocked back into um, rhythm and stuff like that. So when you add the sleep apnea, you add the cardio version, you add the fact that I'm at a restaurant and I almost pass out and my friends had to carry me to an emergency room. It gets to a point where you say, you know what, Pierre? Yeah, you're, you used to be the man. You used to be the athlete. You, you, you can lose the weight. And even though you weigh 315 pounds, you still play in a men's basketball league for, you know, I did that for like seven years. 
at 350 pounds. Um, I, you know, I, I played in a softball league every Sunday. So I'm like, I'm active. I'm doing all these things. But it got to a point where my body just couldn't take it no more between the medicine, the sleep apnea, sleeping with a machine on your face every night. It's, it, it gets to you. So basically, it was my decision. I, I just got tired of being sick. I got tired of, you know, not knowing if I'm going to wake up or if I'm going to die in my sleep and stuff like that. So that definitely, you know, enhanced my reason to get the surgery. I have a young son who's 23 now. And he used to remind me, like, man, dad, when we were younger, we used to go to the batting cage a lot together. We used to go play sports we used to go play basketball but then as I got heavier and stuff started happening it got to the point where it's like yes son we'll go later because let me rest let me give me some time let me take a nap before we do stuff so it got to the point where I was just like you know what um I've tried to lose weight I tried the different diets I tried you know HCG shots I went to this program the Atkins diets and stuff like that and once again I would lose the weight that was the greatest thing for me is like I could lose the weight I could lose 50 pounds in like two three months but then something would happen, some type of medical issue, and then I would slide right back. So then I got to the point where I said, you know what, did some research. I had a friend of mine who worked with me. She had the surgery like maybe almost 20 years ago. And, you know, I asked her like, hey, you know, what do you think about the surgery? She told me because she was a very, um, very uh, heavy set. And she told me all the things that she was experiencing. And she, I told her everything I was experiencing and how she had the surgery and it changed her life. And then I said to myself, I was like, you know what, I want to, you know, I want to live a long time. I want to be around for my son. And I just turned 50 in May and I'm living my best life now. Had the surgery four years ago. Um, so to be almost 400 pounds to being under 200 pounds, you know, or right around 200 something, it's, it's night and day, you know, so it's a better life. So it's a choice that I felt that would correct everything that I need and no sleep apnea, no medical problems. I don't take any prescription drugs anymore just the, the best decision in my life. You know, I love that you guys are talking about these um, pains and discomforts because there's so many people right now that are overweight and they're blaming their sleep apnea on something else or their knee pain on something else. But the, re the reality is most of these aches and pains are coming directly as a result of their poor eating habits and their weight gain, you know? And, and it sounds like many of these uh, nasty symptoms you were experiencing have gone away since you guys have lost the weight. It's incredible. Yeah. Taryn, how, how did you make the decision to have surgery? I remember pretty much for like three years kind of kicking and screaming at my primary care, GYN, pulmonologist, endocrinologist office, because they all were recommending it to me. And I was like, no, I can do this by myself. I do not need to have surgery. I have gained and lost weight. I've done it before with another child. I've done it in college. I've done it. I can do this. Um, and for three years, I was saying that down to the point where finally, you know, we're seeing labs from endocrinologists and she's like, like, you're look at your food diary as long as you're being honest here. And I'm like, I truly am. She's like, this doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. You need to do something that is actually going to just shock your body back into, into rhythm. And um, I just was still so hesitant. The stigma on it is so real. And I kind of, I didn't want to be perceived as somebody who kind of, I felt like maybe even doing weight loss surgery might be quitting. Um, quitting the 
people like to see that as like you take the easy way out and people say that and god it's not it's been <laughs> nothing has been easy about this process at all you know no. um but yeah it just i remember having to overcome some of that the stigma and emotions tied to that before i actually said yes okay let's do this and even at the point of me saying yes it was a whole nother year of labs and testing and nutritionist visits and consultations with you know all kinds of things making sure that i was being diagnosed with sleep apnea are you using your cpap machine we're downloading the data we're going to look and make sure that you are i mean it was so intense a whole, almost a whole year of just making sure i'm doing everything right before i could even be approved by my insurance for the surgery so even after saying yes there was still so much work you know, that, that went into it. Absolutely. So um, we've talked about the physical stuff. What was it like to be in that much bigger body uh, mentally, emotionally? You know, what were the burdens that came with that? Taryn, you can start. I would say for me, and, and Pierre touched on it too, something with the kids. I, you know, I spend any bit of free time I have on my kids, even if it's not free time, <laughs> that you're being pulled in the direction of your children. So we would just, we're active family and we love to be out and about. And I had so many limitations. There were so many things I could not participate in with my family. And that just, it really did a number on me, really. Um, the roller coasters were always a thing. I couldn't fit on a darn thing at Universal. Um, Disney's a little more gracious on their rides, but Universal was a hard pass on, you know, 98% of the rides. So I truly was there being a stroller pusher. It was awful. Um, I had no fun. We would go to cool places and um, go on family hikes and I would have to take a lot more breaks. I needed to, um, you know, like, oh, we're going to go zip lining. Oh, you can't. The weight limit for that is, you know, 225 pounds. Every single thing was like, and you you had to put on this brave face in front of your family, like, no, it's okay. Enjoy yourself. I'll I'll just be out here waiting. Have fun. And um, you know, they go and they do their thing, and you are just hanging back, crying, being left out of something again. And how how you know how much I have to fake that I'm okay with this when I'm really truly not. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. People say it's hard to get fit, but I think it's really hard not to be fit. Sometimes there's, there's some serious punishing side effects. Christy, what about you? Yeah. I mean, but listening to Taryn, I just, you know, it always makes me cry. I, 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 I recognize all of those feelings. I, yeah, I have a five-year-old, almost five-year-old granddaughter and she'd want to play on the floor with me and I just couldn't get up and down. And I, and I'm like, I'm 49 years old and, and staring at my 50th birthday. I'm not that old yet. I mean, no, I'm not that old yet. And I I could just see the the future laid out for me. You know, they, my daughter would take a video of, you know, you know, everybody's here at the pool or doing whatever. And I am miserable and I can hear my breath. Um, like I, I can, the heavy breathing, I don't even know I'm doing it until I watch this video she's put on Facebook or, you know, she sends it to me. I mean, she really knew better than to post something on Facebook. I'd die if it was a photo of me in a bathing suit. But, um, but I also feel bad about kind of the mess, you know, me, this struggle with my kids watching me with this struggle with my weight, you know, and, um, wanting to show them that, you know, that, that, 
it's possible to to change your health. And as I, I kind of I hate taking prescription meds, but like Pierre and Taryn, I, I'm like taking all of these medications every single day. And I just, I didn't feel like me anymore. I felt like someone that was in this body that didn't belong to me that I couldn't get out of. And no matter what I did or what I tried, Weight Watchers, Fentermine, intermittent fasting, I would lose some, I'd gain it back and then some, and I just felt, I felt lost. So, um, yeah. yeah. Good description, Pierre. I mean, for me, I think uh, some of the struggles of being overweight and dealing with the pain of always taking stuff, you know, Advil, Tylenol, whatever to kind of um, get through my day because, you know, I was always, you know, I try to stay active and uh, it would hurt me just to do those certain things. Um, buying, I couldn't walk into Express, Men's Express and buy clothes. I had to find stores that had the um, big and tall section and go into a uh, big and tall specialty store and knowing that I, if I buy a shirt, it's $20, 30 more because mm-hmm. there's more fabric there so to, to cover me. So it, it just, those are the kind of things that when you, you don't understand when you're heavy, you, you're dealing with it. it it's, you got to find clothing. You got to deal with the pain. Um, one of the worst moments of my life was when I got on an airplane and I sat down and, and I always told myself, don't need the extra buckle. You don't need the extender buckle. And then one time I got on a plane and, and I would say the plane was a little bit smaller than normal, but I could not close the buckle on the thing and the airline stewardess could tell that I was very uncomfortable and then I was you know kind of down and she kind of walked by and it's kind of slid it to me without anyone seeing it mm-hmm. to kind of you know keep me from being embarrassed because I was at the point where I was going to have to ask somebody hey I'm, I'm going to need one but she could tell that I was struggling with it and she came by and she gave me the extender without anyone noticing it so that way I can put it on myself and stuff like that so being overweight it, 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 it's just something that's difficult you know you know nobody wants to be overweight nobody wants to go through that but there's a lot of difficulties pain the the medical the the you know i play basketball one day and for three four days i'm limping and everybody's like man you're so big why you keep playing basketball i'm like well i'm trying to be healthy so i can get in shape but it hurts me as much as i try to do stuff so definitely those are the things that you know people have to consider when you know, weight is just not just being big, but the pain and suffering that you deal with on a day-to-day basis and embarrassment from dealing with it as well. You know what I love is that not one of you mentioned a swimsuit, right? You, you're no one's like, I need to, to look great in my bikini or whatever. You have real life, daily struggles, obstacles, feeling, pain, sleep problems. It's quality of life over and over. And, uh, you know, when I, when I try to encourage people to exercise and eat right, I always say, listen, if you want to look a certain way, that's on you. This is about living well and living long. And, uh, you, you all have really, um, sent, driven that message home because you've, you had to, it's a fairly radical thing to do, go have this surgery, but you know, the outcomes are pretty great. And I do have before and after photos. So anyone who's watching thinking, oh my God, I want to see what they were before. We're going to get there. And I promise to show the videos um, with with some some uh, proof <laughs> before and after proof. So um, you've, you've decided to have this surgery. I want to know, 
the um, good, bad, and ugly of the surgery. You know, again, in cliff notes, because I want to get to a lot of things, but what it, what was that like? And was there something like, oh my God, I didn't know this was going to, like with cancer, I could tell you a whole bunch of weird, effed up stuff nobody warned me about. You know, what's the weird thing? And and what, what went really smooth and worked for you? So Taryn, let's start with you. So my, um, I, I'm the panelist that had my surgery was the duodenal switch. So a little bit different from gastric bypass and that it, there's still bypass involved. My stomach was sleeved, but also um, the bypass goes a little bit further. So attaches down much lower the end of the small intestine. So it kind of creates malabsorption and um, a lot of nutrients that I would, you know, need to take or, or what, or I will have to always supplement vitamins because I'm bypassing so much of the small intestine. Um, and that was very clear from the beginning. I think what uh, I've realized over this last year and a half um, really is just kind of like I did, I, I swapped my prescription medication for vitamins. Okay. Um, so I'm still taking lots of vitamins to help with the, but, and then the commitment to making sure I have labs done all the time. I remember actually at the point of surgery, um, when it was time to, to go into the OR, you know, they were told, oh, you, you'll be in for X amount of hours. My husband was like, uh, you were in the OR for almost five hours. So that kind of freaked everybody out because you're only supposed to be in there for like two and change. Okay. And the surgeon's like, oh my gosh, the scar tissue was insane in there from previous C-sections, from having my gallbladder removed. The surgery lasted way longer than we thought it would, which meant we pumped her with way more <laughs> gas than we thought. So she's going to be, she's going to have a lot of gas pain. If she doesn't get up and walk around constantly, as soon as she can after surgery, she's going to have a lot of stored up gas from being under for so long. So encourage her to walk around. And I sure was. I was in there with my hospital socks, my little gown, walking around. Things you didn't realize. In the hospital, you know, they're going to be bugging you all the time, making sure things are things are okay, poking and prodding. And then, you know, it's time for you to go home. And all these little things that you were having help with at the hospital, you're now kind of doing on your own. You're you know, having to try to focus on drinking, keeping your fluids. And despite the fact that you can only get in tiny little bits at a time, I didn't really know how long I was going to be on a liquid diet for. Oh my gosh. I'm, I didn't realize after the surgery, I wasn't going to be able to, to drink the protein shakes that I loved before aren't going to work for me post-op. They taste totally different. I all of a sudden have a reaction to whey. I can't have anything with whey. So now I have to get in this insane amount of protein, but I can't have any whey. How am I going to do this? I'm on a liquid diet. Like, I mean, it just kind of things felt very overwhelming when I got out um, of the hospital. Thankfully, when you have a good, like, you know, team behind you or really grateful for some of these Facebook support groups um, that have really good advice and suggestions of people who've been there and really good nutritionists. I, I had my procedures done at Advent Health. They really kind of everybody chimed in to figure out what was going on, what I needed to do. But I was just absolutely, totally unprepared for all of those curveballs at the end. Having a 
allergic reaction to my to the pain meds. I got an allergic reaction to the surgical glue they used on every single incision. So I had like seven sites where they went into my body and I had an infection at every site. Wow. I, I just wasn't prepared for that part of the recovery. Since then has been much easier, but I felt like people, you know, <laughs> they skip over some of that, some of that scary stuff. They don't want to scare you going into the procedure. They don't want to tell you the what ifs, but I had so many curveballs within the first month of that procedure. It was kind of terrifying to think, oh my God, I hope the road is going to be a lot smoother going out. It was really bumpy coming out, but much smoother now. Not the easy road everyone claims it is. No, not at all. Not at all. No. And for our viewers out there, if anyone has a question or a comment you'd like, anything you'd like to ask or share, please do. I've got Dr. Levon um, uh, giving some messages here. Uh, I, I believe he also, did you also have this surgery, Dr. Levon? Let, it, let us know. Um, Christy, what, what was your experience like? Uh, so I, I live in Maryland and, um, I decided when I decided to have this surgery, I decided that I wanted that surgeon that I'd been following for a few years to do it. Um, felt like I knew her after some friends had surgery with her and I, she's pretty good on social media. I decided to do that just as she packed up her bags and moved from Baltimore, Maryland to Advent health in Orlando, Florida. Wow. So I thought I am not, I'm going to. I think I'm going to follow this doctor to Florida. <laughs> so I did. Um, and I traveled to Florida for, um, from Maryland for um, gastric bypass with Dr. Dovek at Advent Health. Um, and I, I, I have to ask Taryn how, how far out she is. I don't think, did you say, Taryn, how far out you are? I'm about 18 months. 18 months. Okay. So I had surgery in January. So I am six months out. Um, so I flew down to Florida. I had to run an uh, Airbnb and um, uh, my surgery was a bit different than Taryn's experience. And that's certainly something that I have noticed in the bariatric community is every, every experience is very different. Um, I'm a prolific researcher. I've read every book practically, um, listened to every podcast, read every Facebook group and Instagram community. So I felt, and I took it like Pierre and Taryn said, it took us eight or nine months to go through this process. So I felt like I, I had a good handle on what was going to happen, except I had in my head thought I was going to have the sleeve and my doctor and I discussed it and she talked me out of it. And um, I went with the gastric bypass because of the GERD and the acid reflux I already have. And she was hundred percent right. Um, so I had the surgery. I did not have to stay the night. It was a same day procedure. I had the surgery. I was in the operating room like 40 minutes. Um, I was back at the Airbnb by lunchtime. So very different experience than Taryn. Um, the first, you know, I they gave me, I think like five dilaudid. I think I took two of them. Um, and after on the, the end of the second day, I started to feel better, but I woke up from that surgery and I just kept saying, I have chest pain. I have chest pain. And that nurse was like, Mrs. Woodard, if you keep saying you have chest pain, we're going to have to call a cardiologist. Do you have chest pain or do you have gas pain? I was like, I have gas pain. So <laughs> I was like, cause that nurse was getting ready to cut me. Um, so, uh, a lot of walking and that was what Taryn would talk about. You've got to walk, 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 walk. And your stomach has been inflated, you know, full of air. Um, but after by that third day, um, I felt a lot better and I had surgery on a Tuesday and I flew back 
to Maryland on Friday. Wow. And um, I uh, I spent the next week, took next, another week off of work, just trying to learn how to take tiny, tiny little sips and, you know, and tracking everything. And I'd write it down, write everything down. And, and I kept very detailed notes. For me, kind of the biggest problem I had was going to the bathroom. Bariatric patients like to talk about going to the bathroom. Yeah. It becomes a problem. Um, How know. come? Because you're getting about five grams of fiber a day. All you're eating is protein. Oh, so, so, so you stopped that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Everybody's like, oh, yeah. So I think mean, that was the biggest problem I had post-surgery. It was just like, on, you know, reaching out to my doctor going, I'm going to die. You know, when are we going to get this out? But then I still struggle with that a bit. I think a lot of patients do. Um, and I'm earlier than a couple of the other panelists. But um for me, it wasn't, it was what I expected. Um, it is hard, but I expected hard. Um, I think I expected the worst. So it's not as bad as I thought. Um, but I, I feel like I was ready. And when I, when I, when I was in the, the, um, in the room ready to go under the, under the knife, I was not nervous. I was just, I was, I was so ready to start this new life. And like Taryn alluded to, and I guess we'll probably talk about is the stigma is so great. And, you know, I'd have friends and family who are judgy, some to my face, some behind my back, um, who, you know, don't, you know, I, I could never do that, or I do it the natural way, or I have to do it, you know, the old fashioned way. Well, good for you. I'm happy for you. I mean, not everybody can do that. I'm also menopausal and everything is just a mess. Um, but um, it is it is hands down the best thing I've done. And the only thing I regret is not doing it sooner. Wow. That's that's pretty powerful stuff. And I got to tell you, those judgy relatives, they were judging your weight oh, before yeah. they would oh, judge yeah. your hair, your makeup, your clothes, what your job. They're they're judgy people. And, you know, I think judgment is always a good thing because you judge whether or not it's safe to walk out in front of the road. But um but yeah, if you, they're they're going to be nasty anyways. I'm glad you you fended for yourself and your and saved your own life. That, what I try to do is remember that sometimes a lot of those comments, and, I, and this is how I do it, it's not about me. Their comments are about their feelings about their own weight. Yeah, most of the time, not always, but most of the time. So I just try to remember that and know that it, it's not about me, and just kind of reject what they're putting out there and yeah. go on with my life. Yeah. <laughs> I like the old saying that says, what you think of me is none of my business. That's right. I like Just that. Go on, go on. All right. And Pierre, what was your surgery experience like? I mean, for me, um, I always tell people, you know, you, you, like, you can listen and read all these different things and everybody's experience is different when it comes to surgery. You hear some good stuff, you hear some bad stuff. Ultimately, for me, my surgery experience was wonderful. You know, they warned us about gas and making sure you walked. And I know when I was in the hospital, I walk so much that the nurses are like, we're getting tired. Go back to your room and sit down, you know? And because I'm such, you know, college athlete football, I'm like, all right, I got to get this done. I got to get back into the game, coach. So I got to do everything I need to do. So for me, surgery was a breeze. Um, so no complications there. Funny story. Uh, uh, my mom I told her to come stay with me for like a week. I'm like, hey, mom, I'm going to need you to help me out because I had the surgery. And I didn't tell her everything about the surgery. But I'm going to need you to help me because I'm not going to be able to move around much. And my mom uses a walker and stuff like that because she's had some back problems and issues. So she comes over to my house, but I'm getting up so much and walking around 
She's like, why am I here? I could have stayed home because you don't need no help. I'm like, I'm sorry, mom. But, you know, as far as the surgery itself, definitely was easy for me. Um, no issues. I was walking. I was doing all the things the doctors told me to make sure that everything went right with the surgery. Um, some of the bad about the surgery, but ultimately still is good at the long run was, um, you know, losing so much weight, your blood pressure tends to drop. So you go to stand and, you know, people mentioned that, but I'm like, what do you mean? You, you, you almost feel like you're about to faint. And a couple of times I remember getting up too fast and almost feeling like I was going to fall over or had to grab myself because I was going to faint. Um, so not a lot of people, you know, you talk about it, but you never experience it until it happens to you. So your blood pressure drops really low and it becomes a thing where it's kind of like, okay, Hey, I'm about to stand. So I brace myself, stand for a second and then start to walk because if I start to walk too fast, I would fall over. Wow. Um, another thing that I, would, I experienced, um, with the surgery is a, a situation called dumping. And once again, you hear about it and people talk about it. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what this thing is, but it's not going to happen to me. Where when you got your bypass, if you consume too much sugar at once, because it's bypassing your intestines. And so you get like a surge of sugar all at once that your body can't handle it. And it causes you to, it's like, you almost feel like you're dying for about a good 30 minutes where I've had points where I ate something I didn't think was that sweet. And I ate it and all of a sudden I had to lay down and started sweating and started shaking. And that would last for about a good 30 minutes to an hour. It depends on different people. They had that situation. So that was one of the things that I experienced here and there that definitely was not something that I was expecting, but was definitely something that I would never have felt because of the surgery. And, so um, I, and you mentioned dumping. So Dr. Craig had asked about that in one of the comments I haven't shown yet, but he also asked about um, tooth decay. Have, have, did anyone have issue with their teeth? Um, I mean, I've heard the story about people losing their hair because of the surgery, which is common. Okay. Um, so they, they tell you to, you know, take uh, biotin and stuff like that. But as you can see, I didn't worry about my hair part. I was covered there. So and if I could lose hair on my back, I would have been like, hey, <laughs> do the surgery again. I'm, I'm great. To go. I'm good to go. Um, but no tooth decay. But I know people had problem with acid reflux. And luckily for me, when I had my gastric bypass, I had a hiatal hernia done at the same time, which was like life savings. For me, the hiatal hernia surgery part of my gastric bypass was the best part because I used to wake up in the middle of the night throwing up pure acid where I had to sleep with like two, three pillows under me at all times because acid would come pour out of my mouth. So that was definitely a positive. So once again, that surgery kind of helped me out with there. And another thing you have to worry about when you have surgery is, you know, I used to be a party guy, go out with my friends, worked in nightclubs, drinking alcohol with gastric bypass could be very dangerous. Um, you know, for me, five, six drinks, and I was having a good time. Um, eight, 10 drinks, I might get a little tipsy. 12, 15 drinks, I'm, I'm a, now two drinks, maybe three, and I wake up the next morning and not remember what happened that day, that night. Wow. Because alcohol hits you so much harder that you don't realize that you're at a point where you're feeling comfortable, you're feeling buzzed, the next you know, you completely black out. And mm -hmm. that's one thing over the years. And I, like I said, I'm four years out. So my first year and a half, maybe almost two years, I didn't drink any alcohol after my surgery. But then eventually I started to drink here and there. But then I realized certain situations and certain 
levels of alcohol, I had to be careful because I would not remember what transpired. And all my life I've worked in nightclubs and I've never had a problem with drinking. And I've always been the guy that, you know, hey, he drank 10, 15 beers, but he's still sober, you know. With this, I Uber, I make sure other people drive because when you drink with the surgery, it definitely can cause complication and you feel it a lot more. Ladies, do you ha have you um, had any experiences with alcohol since your surgery? Well, for my program, you're supposed to be 12 months um, without alcohol. Uh, however, I just turned 50 in June. So I talked to my surgeon. I was like, well, how do you feel about me having or my nutritionist, you know, having a cocktail or two? And they were like, just, you know, don't don't overdo it and get back on your program. And the other reason they don't want you to drink is in addition to like being caloric, a nightmare. And when you're in that first honeymoon period, transfer addiction is a real thing. So they don't want you to transfer the addiction of eating into alcohol alcohol and becoming an alcoholic. So, and I really like to drink before surgery. So deciding to add, to give it up was also a consideration. So I did have a couple drinks on my birthday, on my 50th birthday. And oh goodness, like Pierre said, I mean, I had two martinis and I was like, you know, wow. And I could have like four and be okay. You know, I had two martinis and I was pretty lit and that I felt like I wanted to die the next day. So I'm not determined. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Taryn? Yes. Very similar experiences. And that's what, and um, I had always been nervous too about introducing alcohol for exactly what Christy said, the transfer addiction, just not knowing what, okay. So if I'm, if I'm trading off what I'm eating and what I'm doing, what, what's my new, <laughs> what's my new thing going to be if that goes away. Um, and I didn't want that to be alcohol. I did, um, same as Christy's, like my program was 12 months. And mostly, you know, the other big reason for that is just because of the rapid weight loss, your liver is already processing so much. And all of us, when, when you see the labs, you see your liver enzymes and over time, and you're just like kind of floored at how much your liver, how hard it's working already. So introducing alcohol into the system just really puts it into overdrive. It's already working really hard processing the weight loss. So it doesn't make sense to add the alcohol factor. But I'm right there with you guys. One one drink and it, and it for me, it's like you get buzzed pretty quickly. Um, yeah. And the kind of to me also the kind of scary thing is the feeling of being buzzed also goes away rather quickly. So it's, I can absolutely see where it would be problematic for somebody who's potentially saying, well, okay, this, I got that one drink down and now I'm feeling better. And like two hours later, let me have another one and, and go from there. I can absolutely see how it's easy to consume it, get over the feeling of it and, and keep going. So it is, um, you know, I, I urge anybody who's doing that to just be cautious of, of that your body's capability of, uh, of doing this, you know? That's a uh, uh, fantastic advice on a topic I did not think we'd cover. So <laughs> I love that. Now, um, when you come out of this surgery, they've either taken 80% of your stomach away or turned it into a little pouch. So um, as I've been told is you can only eat very, very small amounts. So what is that experience like? And for all, for all of you, how how quickly did the weight start coming off? And what were those first 
few weeks and months, what was the excitement like as the weight did start falling off? Pierre? I mean, for me, the first couple of months was like awesome. And I was one of the people that, like I said, the moment I could, I was bothering my doctor, when can I start working out? When can I start working out? And then I started walking around my block once, twice, and then 10 times the first month or so. So weight was coming off of me left and right. Um, being a former athlete and stuff like that, it's almost like I knew how to train and how to do stuff. And it kind of helped me to lose the weight faster. So it, it just it was easy for me to get the weight off and stuff like that. So I, I, I appreciated that. Um, I think the first year, within the first year, I think I lost like 120 pounds easily. Mm-hmm. And um, it got to the point where I think eventually, I think I, I might have posted on my Facebook page, I ended up doing a physique competition and you know lost weight for that as well but it i i guess the first year was it's easy exercise that worked out a lot and it just came off like with no problem incredible transformation the photos are pretty pretty staggering um how much weight have you lost total so far pierre the total amount was 160 pounds but i got to the point where i got so skinny and, and, and I think I said, I had I sent you one of the pictures of me uh, skinny and then not working out and then working out. So I got down to like 215-ish and everybody was like, you look sick. You look like you, you have a disease or something like that. You know, we know that you're a big guy, but we're so used to, you know, and you look, lost weight. But at the same time, you look like you lost too much weight. So right now I got up to about 225 to 230 is where I stay comfortably because that's more uh, muscle mass to kind of keep me looking big. So people, cause they remember Pierre, the bouncer guy, Pierre, the football right. guy, you know, so I didn't want to get lose too much weight. So I actually, you know, between working out and, and, and proteins like that, I, I'm, I'm right around 235, 240, depends on how, you know, my morning or dinner and stuff like that. But in total weight was 160 pounds I lost mm-hmm. from the surgery. Wow. And I, I remember watching your, weight loss, you went very public with it on social media, posting pictures all the time. And it was dramatic and exciting to see your constant pictures changing and the updates. Really, really good stuff, Pierre. Yeah, I I just want to add, you know, and I tell people I post, you know, not to brag or not to show off or nothing like that. Um, You know, I had the weight loss surgery and to lose weight and to be healthy. Because of the, being healthy and not in pain, I'm able to work out and do the extra working out. So I got to a point where I started to look muscular and look good. Yeah. But since the surgery, I've had at least eight personal friends who've had the surgery and write me and say, Pierre, because of you and seeing the life you live, the smile on your face, the running events, the biking events, the physique competition, they decided to have that surgery. My own sister had the surgery May of last year because of, and she, and she's been um, overweight for most of her, um, not most of her life, but for, for a while. And she thought about having the surgery years ago, but got scared and decided not to do it. But then after watching me, she said, bro, I, I was scared before. I, I've seen you. I've seen that you live a good life. You're having fun. You still party with your friends. You, yeah. you you're doing all these things. And the surgery changed you and, you know, it changes your body, but it didn't change the person you are and you're living your best life. So she had the surgery May of last year. And so far, I want to say she's lost over a hundred pounds already herself. 
congratulations to her too. That's really yeah. exciting. That's really, and, and the sharing goes a long way, right? Sharing is, yeah. you know, great support. Uh, Christy, tell us about what it was like post-surgery and your weight starts coming off. What has this experience been like? So I'm, I'm newer than, than Pierre and Taryn. Um, so, uh, it started off about, um, uh, about four and a half to five pounds a week the first month. Oh gosh, there's photos. Um, <laughs> four and a half to five pounds a week. Um, and I've been averaging about, about four pounds a, a week um, until the last month or so. That's, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> um, right now it's about three pounds a week. Um, I just started exercising. So unlike Pierre, I was not jonesing to get back to the exercising as much. <laughs> so I, you know, honestly doing this, just, just, just trying to be a, a good bariatric patient, it's full-time job. I mean, tracking everything and I'm tracking all my food and I'm tracking my water. You've got to get 64 ounces of water a day, 80 to hundred grams of protein a day. You got to take your vitamins, your calcium every day. It's a full-time job just doing that. So I didn't feel like I was ready to go to the gym. At least that's what I tell myself. So I started going, I hired a, a, a trainer and um, I started working out twice a week about three and a half weeks ago. And since I started, my weight stalled. So I, I also, for the first time since surgery, I'm hungry, which, which I is normal, right? If I'm only eating like 700 calories a day and now I'm exercising, I got the okay to try running. I'm going to run the Richmond half marathon. That's the plan in November. Um, I clearly can't continue. This is not going to be forever, but I need more food, but that's making me nervous because I'm eating used to eating three ounces and such a small amount of food. So am I stalling because I need more food? Am I stalling because um, I'm exercising? I mean, I, I don't even really know. I'm still trying to figure it out. So maybe Pierre and Taryn can tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, um, basically, this is what I tell people, you know, when it comes to the scale, you, you, when you're working out, you don't look at the scale. And you, you always hear this thing, muscle weighs more than fat, right? And a good example of that is, I weighed 225 pounds and I was wearing a size 36 pants. Started exercising, stayed at 225 pounds, and now I wear a size 32 pants. Wow. Huh. You know, so it's it's not the weight on the scale that you gotta, you're gonna stall a little bit because your body's gonna readjust to the weight training and it, it, you're gonna feel hungry. But as you put on more muscle mass, you're gonna be leaner. So I tell people, don't look at the scale, look at your, your, your clothes on your body how you yeah. feel, how you dress, because that's what's really going to be the, the, the sign of that you're, do, you're heading in the right direction. So working out, don't look at the scale because in another six months or so, you might be at the same weight, but everybody's going to be like, man, you're so skinny. And that's the thing I tell people. Is, so don't look at the scale, look at your clothes. And okay. that's be the truest measurement of what and you're that's doing hard to do right because we you know this, this whole program it's all about it's all about losing weight and i get on that scale every day you know and i get on you know after you go to the bathroom before you drink any water completely naked i don't even put my watch on because this weighs too and um you know and i get on there and i look and you know if it goes up by 0.2 or 0.3 i know it's not a big deal it, it, it always goes down so it's kind of surprising the last couple of weeks it's not it's just going up by two down by 0.2 up by 0.2 down by 0.2 it's not really doing anything but i do feel stronger i feel 
I feel like I am making progress with my strength. And um, so I will take that advice. Um, I want to be one of the, I want to be like Pierre and Taryn. I mean, the kind of that number is, you know, five years. If you're out five years and you are still successful, you're going to remain successful. So people do regain. It's okay. It happens. It's completely normal. I know that, but when, if, it, if it happens to me, it's going to suck. Um, because I am, <laughs> I am trying so hard to uh, be very open. I was not until about May, and then you know I'm like I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be that girl. I'm gonna be the poster girl for it. And like Pierre, I put it out there into the into the universe. And I've had several friends reach out to me, tell me they're thinking about it, asking some advice. I've had a few people tell me they're already in the process. I had no idea. So you know, it, it's, I feel good about that. I feel good about, about sharing my experience, sharing what I've learned and letting people decide what works best for them. So I'm excited about what comes, but you know, they, these guys are further out than me. So they have a little bit more experience on what comes after month six and a half. So wow. it sounds like your first six months have been extraordinary. So, yeah. So I'm down. Oh, I didn't say I'm down um, from surgery, 89 pounds. So from January 25th, I'm down 89 pounds. So I am really at this point, like 89, sorry, 98 or 99 pounds down since December. Wow. So, um, so yeah, so I, I'm going to, I think I'm going to hit a hundred pounds. Off. What's the goal? What's the lump sum goal for you? Well, it's funny because people always ask me that and and the answer truly is, and I mean, like really in my heart, I never had a number. It was just, I want to feel better. I want to feel like me. And now I start, I'm feeling like me. So now I start thinking about a number. So I am 153, 152 pounds, depending on the morning. Um, I remained around 140 for a very, very long time. I, I would love to put it out in the universe. I, I would like to be around 140. Um, but my body's different than it was back then. I've had more kids, you know, I have, I mean, I don't know about these. I mean, I know Pierre, Pierre, maybe we'll talk about it, but you know, I've got a lot of loose skin, you know, and I kind of thought that maybe I'd be the one person that didn't happen to that did not work out for me. So I, the loose skin's a thing and that's kind of hanging there. <laughs> so that's not helping with my weight either. <laughs> So. Well, we'll we'll get to that too. We'll talk about that <laughs> shortly. Um, Taryn, tell us about your post-surgery weight loss and so since um oh, and before before you go on, I just want to let everyone know everybody sent me before and after pics. Taryn only sent me one before and after pic. However, it's fantastic. So I'm gonna share that. Thank you. Yeah, I saw that I, I sent more in, but I just saw that email super late. Sorry. But yeah, and I think that's, it's okay to show the one. Um, I I um, started the journey like, like 318. The program asked me to lose 20 pounds before I started. Um, I am down to 195 um, and I'm hovering right around there. I think my body will probably try to let go of another 15 pounds. Um, but I am, you know, Christy, I, I'm... I'm running now. So things change for me probably to around the six, seven month mark is when I decided I was going to tackle my half marathons again. I had already started my bucket list of running a half marathon in all 50 states. And so I said, I'm getting back into it. I'm going to, I'm doing this. So for me, um, it became like a, a breakup with my scale. I 
threw this, I, I didn't throw the scale away, but maybe, you know, the batteries kind of died. And I said, that's okay. I'm not getting on this thing anymore because like Pierre, you know, said, I can see the difference. I have to buy smaller clothing. I am looking in the mirror and I can actually see this. I can go for a run and I actually feel like I've shed a whole human behind me. <laughs> um, I'm quicker, my pace. I'm like, oh my God, I not in the back of the corrals anymore. I actually have a good group of time, you know? So for me, it was setting that scale to the side because that wasn't really telling the story of what was going on with me. And I actually got into an impasse with my nutritionist because they said, oh my God, I don't, we're having a hard time giving you advice on how to proceed from here because you do need to fuel your body. I ran my, that picture that you saw was, I was crossing the finish line in my first full marathon. And they're like, we don't really know how to tell you how to fuel. We know you're going to be on a course for five hours. We don't know how to tell you what to eat. You're going to kind of have to try a lot of stuff on your own in your training runs. Make sure your route, make sure your training runs are on routes where there's public bathrooms. And that's exactly what it was for me. I can't tell you how many times I'm like, I'm going to try this gel. I'm going to try this nutrition. And my body was like, either, hey, this is great. Or like, girl, find a toilet. <laughs> you, you are in the danger zone. You know? So I truly, I mean, it has been like trial and error with a lot of my stuff. I think I found the sweet spot. It's totally different for everyone. Um, even just like, you know, people tell you carb loading before a race. Like, I, I can't do that. Like, I can't do that. So I have to prepare days in advance. And I have to have things ready for me on the course that work. I had to like super multiply my sodium intake to help with cramping. Things that you just don't think about. And the nutritionists are sometimes at a loss because they're not there to, they were there to give you advice from going from 400 pounds to, to 150, right? Uh, the, without doing intense, extreme exercise. But we all have added these intense, extreme exercises as our transfer addiction, I suppose, for the three of us, right? Um, yeah. And it's complicated. It's not as straightforward. But, you know, I would say, try not to live by that scale so much and just look at the body of work that you've put in, you know? I am so messaging you about what works on the course because I ask those same questions. My nutritionist, she's very good, but but she, yeah. she said, I don't know. I don't know anything about how to fuel for a race. No. I'm used to eating, you know, cliff shots, you know, and they're just pure sugar and I'm going to get dumping syndrome and be on the, on the ground and pooping my pants and throwing up. And that's not going to be good. So, so you're like, they're running, doing exercise, like intense exercise like this with bariatric lifestyle. It's, it's insane. And yeah, honestly, I don't know how to do it. You know, like there's not, there's yeah. not a super bunch of support out there. Right. Oh, like, no. so we're kind of, as a community, we're kind of coming together and saying, Oh, Hey, this worked for me. Someone in my DS community was like, I just did my first marathon. Let me send you my little mix of what I do. I put these little protein things in my in my pocket and this works for me. So we're all kind of just trading advice. And like I said, hoping for the best and planning your running route in a very strategic way. <laughs> the worst. That's right. Now, um, I wonder if there is perhaps a sports nutritionist for folks who have had bariatric surgery. There's got to be at least one specialist, don't you think? If not, someone yeah. should know. I know. I mean, I, 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 
<laughs> yeah, I've looked at different sites and stuff like that, and none of them really have the, the right answer. Um, you know, I, like I said, I did a physique competition the end of last year, and, you know, I, I went from, like, 15% body fat to under, like, 4% body fat, and no one could explain to me exactly what I could eat. Like, my first one, I talked to my coach, and I was like, okay, hey, he's like, you need to eat so many grams of chicken, and I'm like, well, I'm going to have to take that. I can't eat a six or eight ounce of chicken. I'm going to have to take that eight ounce of chicken, cut it into two ounces, and then maybe snack on it. Instead of eating like six to seven meals, I'm going to have to eat 10 meals just to consume the amount of protein in my body just to get the muscle mass. And and even my doctor who had my surgery, when I first walked in, and that's, I was telling you the story, I first walked back into my doctor after like a year or so, and the nurses thought I was there to pick somebody up because they're like, oh, they were like, oh, are you here to pick somebody up? I'm like, no, I'm a patient. And they were shocked because and my doctor's like, You're here. I've had done thousands of surgeries, but I've never seen someone lose over that much weight in a year's time, but at the same time, put on that much muscle mass. And okay. there was, I had to try different things, different pre-workouts, different proteins, different BCAAs, because like you said, you might try something and my stomach said, nope. You know, or I had to pull over on the way to the gym and, and run into a 7-Eleven because I took a pre-workout and it just didn't agree with me. And, you know, you, you find out the hard way, but um, it, it's very hard to, I guess, I my goal is I want to learn so I can tell people, hey, I work out five, six days a week and I do this, this and this. But I haven't seen anything where someone could specifically say, OK, hey, you had gastric bypass because there's not only this gastric bypass. There's the vertical sleeve. There's the duella switch. Each procedure is different, and it's going to require different nutrients, and your body's going to absorb certain amounts of protein and not absorb it, and it's going to be different for every person. Yeah. So um, it's very interesting that you guys are now, you have the, not the full knowledge of a, of a registered dietitian, but it really comes with a lot of learning and a lot of adjusting. You're, you're not just random people who are losing weight and it's easily happened. You really had to focus on quality nutrition. If you're going to only be able to have a small amount, you're figuring out ways to get those nutrients in. It's, it's really fascinating um, because, you know, as, as you grow a much too, a body that's much too big, you know, there's been some sort of recklessness in your behavior, right? You, you've really gone from less regard to fine tuning everything you put in your mouth. It's pretty, pretty impressive. Taryn, did you have something to add? I saw that. Yeah, no, it's the, you're right on the money. It's a, it, we're just kind of, um, you turn right into just kind of really getting these things down to a science and it's been, you know, nice to not have to necessarily track calories and stuff, but you do end up going back to that, I think, when you start to do these, um, you know, extreme exercise. <laughs> you know? If you're just doing the basic exercise, I think you can get away with, you know, eating the way, you know, normal bariatric style and, and then supplementing here or there. But when you start doing duathlons, triathlons, marathons, half marathons, it's a totally different ball game, And you might have to get back down to writing it out and really looking at your macros and figuring out what, you know, journaling again, how did I feel after this kind of day? You know, like this is what I ate. This is what I did. How did I feel? It's, it's All that so daunting too. I mean, it's just trying to figure that out. And, 
you know, having to plan your routes and my, my running team, we run as a group, you know, and they're great. They're great, you know, men and women, but I don't want to poop my pants with them. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> you know, and so I just, you know, one of my girlfriends who had um, gastric bypass and she asked me, she said, have you put a pair of pants in your car? And I said, for what? And she was like, you're going to poop your pants. And I was like, I am not going to poop my pants. And she's like, you will. I have. I was like, oh, my God. Yes, they literally like fit. There's like literally memes. It's like never trust a fart. Yeah, like, never. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. it's, it's that. You, your, your body, you know, you're, you're messing around with your intestines. And sometimes you just don't know. And I mean, things like I said, I drank whey protein. I was absolutely fine. And then all of a sudden it was just giving me awful GI symptoms, diarrhea, cramping, all of a sudden, like, wait, what? I'm going to have to use like plant-based. I, it's insane. And your, your body just post-surgery reacts so differently. You really don't know what to expect. You, you hope for the best, but sometimes you just kind of got to quickly go with the flow to figure it out. And really, I, I think I'm probably more in tune with my body now than I ever have been, yeah. even during pregnancies, honestly. Yeah. And carbs, like I had a little more carbs than I should have. It wasn't bad food or, or anything, but um, I don't know, two weeks ago and I was exhausted and I never, I can't tell. I mean, I, I, my body was such a mess. I couldn't tell anything about how any food reacted to me at all. And I had this, I had this meal and I just like, I could barely keep my eyes open. And it was just from the excessive amount of, of carbohydrates that I had. And I just thought it was fascinating that my, I, I could notice that now. So, so for the uh, folks out there watching this show, whether you're watching live or on, you know, uh, rerun after the fact, and if you've not had any sort of bariatric surgery, the way they're eating consciously is the way you should be eating consciously. You don't have to have 80% of your stomach removed to pay attention to what you put in your mouth. If you are someone who really does prioritize every bite you take, you can really avoid so many problems. And so they have, they have taken a measure that has really worked for them in the grand scheme of life. But this habit, they've been, you've been forced into these, these incredible habits if the general population adopts them too, they could really avoid um, all these problems. And it's the GERD, it's the sleep apnea, it's the aches and the pains and all those things we started off talking about. It's, it's actual health, it's actual quality of life. But being a conscious eater really is um, a big portion of the solution. Very impressive, very impressive. So I want to ask you guys about the fun part. So we've talked about the surgery and, uh, you know, the things you have to manage. You start seeing the changes in your body in the mirror. How many woohoo moments have you had? How many happy dances? What is shopping like? Uh, what's the best part about sitting in a plane seat with lots of wiggle room? I mean, you start, Christy. Um, I've never taken so many selfies of myself right now. I, I feel like I took pictures of myself. And I think some of my friends are probably tired of seeing them. Yeah. That's a, that's at the Marshall's that's a Marshall's yeah. dressing room. Yeah. That was last week. Um, yeah. So I like trying on clothes is 
phenomenal. So when I got into a 14 for the first time a couple of months ago, I, I like said some expletives very loud in the dressing room and the woman next door was laughing at me. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so excited. You know, and I fit it. I went shopping with a girlfriend last week and spent an obscene amount of money. And um, I fit I bought size eight and I, I was ecstatic. I mean, just absolutely. And again, it's weight, weight doesn't drive happiness. It's, but I really wasn't thinking about, I want to be a size eight. I want to fit in a bikini. And I remember Dr. Dovek saying to me that I, I put one of your incisions in your belly button. So if you want to wear a bikini and I was like, you're on crack lady, I am never going to wear a bikini. I had worn a bikini. I wear a bikini. And I mean, you know, it's not like the sexiest thing on the planet, but you know, I feel pretty good. And I, and I, um, I, I am fascinated by my own reflection. <laughs> so I know that will end. I know that I will get used to it, but for me, it's still pretty new. So like I catch my reflection and I'm surprised. I am genuinely surprised when I see my, when I see myself and I am just so happy and I am not, I am never going back. Are so. you proud? Are you proud? I, I am. I am really proud of myself because I think this is a brave decision when someone decides to get bariatric surgery you have to you have to do so much work for insurance to jump through the hoops for the programs. You've got to you and you got to do all the work. You've got to do all the research, and you have to you have to do it every single day, every single meal. And um, I am I am I am proud that I decided to to make this change and that I am sticking to it. And I am not going to let I'm not going to let any of the excuses that I've had in the past get me down and um, or anybody and or anybody's opinion about what I'm doing, you know, screw them. I mean, this is what, I, this is what works for me and I feel good and I'm going to live longer because of it. And it's, you know, it, my kids are happy with it. I mean, my husband loved me regardless of my weight, but come on being, feeling better about yourself, whether, you know, you're, you know, hanging around the house or you're talking about, you know, you're, your love life. I mean, it is, it's better when you feel good about yourself. So yes. I'm, I'm happy. Congratulations Thank you. I'm happy for you. Taryn, happy moments. I probably my happiest was, um, it was only really a few months after surgery. I was said, okay, we're, um, I don't know. It was, so my son's birthday had come up and he, we went to universal and, um, the last time we had gone, we went to go see if he was tall enough to, to ride the Hulk. And he was just too short. And I sat in the test seat and there was just no way that the test seat was closing. Okay. And so we had kind of promised each other at this moment that, okay, this year, mommy's going to work on her. So I'm going to try to get myself smaller so we can close the test seat. And you're going to work on eating your food and fueling your body so you can get taller and we're going to ride this ride together for your 10th birthday, right? And we got to go to Universal and sure enough, fit in the test seat. So we had the green light. My son was ecstatic. He was tall enough to ride. And when the team member saw us like very excited, she wanted to know what was going on. And we shared the story with her mm -hmm. and she like congratulated me, whisked us to the front of the line, put us in the first row and we sat down and my son like looked over at me and he's like, mom, I'm never going to forget this moment my whole life, you know? And it was just like 
freaking awesome. You know, it was the best. It was like, this is exactly what I was doing this for, you know, creating these memories and these moments and this experience. It was exactly why I was doing it. And to me, like crossing the marathon, I mean, amazing, awesome. Yes. But like my son turning to me and saying he's never going to forget this moment, his whole life, like that just, ugh, you know, you just truly can't beat that. You really can't. So. Magic, magic, Taryn. But also what a smoke show at that race. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm training right now. Like I'm don't, I mean, I don't know that I would never, I would ever think about it before, but I'm actually going to do dopey this year. I signed Yay! Up. So I am for the first time ever attempting the dopey run, which is the 5k, 10k, half marathon and full marathon, all four wow. days back the consecutive. So uh, the medals look gorgeous. I feel like I've run these oh, races the for the medals. <laughs> for the medals, yeah. So, but I'm like, I, I have always wanted this, you know, be able to showcase the six medals you earned yeah. from winning Dopey. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. Just even, even if I just do it once, I just want to do it. So now I'm, I'm still training for my 50 halves and 50 states. I'm about 17 states in. Um, but going to hopefully get Dopey done in uh, January. So... Those are, I, I feel like things I probably wouldn't try to tackle if I, if I didn't go all in on the surgery. That's incredible. It's incredible. And just so you know, is that I host races in most of the states. So if you're going to, you're going to choose, I'm going to my fall calendar very soon. I mean, I yes, I'm going to do it. I have a whole bunch of states I need to check off. So I'm going to cross Oklahoma, Alabama. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, California, where am I going? A lot of places. Come, come, I gotta follow you. I get in the car. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna play with you. <laughs> All right, and Pierre, you have um, gone through lots of happy dances, I'm sure. Tell us about your fun experiences with weight loss. I mean, for me, weight loss has been a, a positive thing, and you know, having gastric bypass once again, I didn't do it to look a certain way, I just happened to achieve a look, but just being fit and happy and smiling a whole lot more. Being able to go to a party and not falling asleep halfway through was always a big achievement for me. Um, and I think one of the proudest moments was when my son was like, Dad, can you stop posting pictures of you working out or your, your muscle shirts? Because all my my friends and girlfriends are like, damn, your dad is hot. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, right. Dad, and, uh, that's right. You know, but it's just a good feeling just to be, you know, positive and feel good be able to walk into um an express store a store that i never imagined i could walk in there and go up to buying stuff that say athletic skinny and i'm like does that say skinny on the jeans oh my gosh i'm buying some skinny jeans i, I can't and he makes fun of me because of that too my son he's like damn daddy your jeans are kind of tight on you bro <laughs> and i'm like hey son skinny jeans are in so your daddy can rock them so let me wear my skinny jeans and be happy for me um, so that definitely is, is a it's a good thing, you know. And once again, I, I'm fortunate to where, you know, I'm almost six three, you know, tall, slender built. So when I wear certain clothes and certain outfits, I, it it tends to accentuate me positively. Um, I have you know big arms and you know I work out a lot. So walking to um, like prime example, I think I was at the bariatric con convention that we had in May, and there was a vendor set up there, and I walked over to get some samples. And the guy was like, which, which booth are you manning? And I'm like, I'm not manning a booth. I'm, I'm a patient. And he's like, get out of here. You're looking like a GQ model. You know, and I'm like, 
come on now. And then it was almost funny because like every um, event I wore a different vest and stuff like that. And, you know, people were like, man, you're always styling when you come to, uh, to the events and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, well, the vest is good because it, it, it shows my muscles in my arms, but it covers my belly. So that way no one can really see my belly and stuff like that. But it's almost like, you know, different people come up to me like, oh, you look really sharp. You really look really nice. And it is, it, it's a positive feeling. It's almost like it, it makes you happy to do that. Even when I work out in the gym, guys come up to me and ask me advice on how to work out. And, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and I, I guess they're based on my, my training methods. And, you know, when I'm working out, I look like I'm, I know what I'm doing. But all those the positive results of having a surgery, just it, it makes me smile. Like my friends say, you smile a lot more. You're, 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 you're a lot more active. So it's, you know, I'm, I've done, I think in the last four years, maybe over 50 plus five Ks and, you know, and I, and I plan on doing a whole bunch more. I keep, you know, I do a 5k once or twice a month. So there's so many positives to it, you know, just, just not the looks of it, but just the feeling, feeling happy, feeling, great being able to smile and you know once again having my son tell me his friends tell me that i'm hot i'm i'm it's a hundred percent worth it agree agree i love i love your enthusiasm all three of you and how proud you are and there's been so much work and effort gone into this it's anyone who's out there thinking this is an easy way out just really just doesn't get it i think you've made the case for why it's not um you mentioned couple times the bariatric community that there's other other patients people who have gone through this and support system talk about that any one of you i mean i, I know on facebook there's several communities you can be a part of and you can see different things and you know i definitely when i decided to have surgery i went into a lot of those communities to kind of see the good and the bad you know and once again everybody experiences different everybody's body's different you know you different age groups and stuff like that. But when you get the support of different people who've gone through it, you kind of have to learn what you've learned from them and kind of say, well, this may not happen to me or, you know, so you're gonna hear some good things, you're gonna hear some bad things. And the goal is to kind of take those and kind of just make sure you understand the, the what they did to have bad effects and then try to make sure you don't do those same things that they did so that way those effects are bad, you know? Cause you hear people like, oh, I had surgery and I want to have a beer. And I'm like, well, no, you can't have a beer. You just had surgery. And then they're like, well, I threw up. I did all that. Well, guess what? I went almost two years without drinking because of that fact. It, I Right now, I think it's going on five years and I haven't drink soda because they said don't drink carbonation. I haven't drank soda in over five years. Wow. So there's so many things that you learn from the support system. I mean, definitely my family, my friends, my mother, my sister, my girlfriend, they have all been a part of my journey that it's good to have not only your family and the people that are close to you support you, but, you know, have these different communities where you can go out there and research and take some good things from that, you know, like from TikTok or Instagram. And once again, it goes back to what I said, why I post a lot of things on Facebook or in Instagram is not to show off the results, but to kind of give advice to tell people what, what are the good things and what are the bad things. And it's good to have some, an, um, an avenue to be able to do that. So um, for all of you, what are each of your advice um, for others? You know, someone who's obese, morbidly obese, they're considering this surgery. Um, what should they know? Taryn. I would absolutely say do your research, right? So all three of us talked about that and Christy read books and, you know, I, 
I went into a lot of um, scientific journals. I wanted to see what some of that research looked like. There's different, there's different types of bariatric surgeries out there. So, you know, educate yourself about those three um, that, that are most commonly used and see what might work best for you. Ask really good questions of if you decide to do this, um, go into your, your surgeon's office with a good list of questions. You want to be able to, you know, get their honest feedback and remember that it's also you interviewing them to see how this is going to work, right? Um, so ask that and then, yep, keep that support system close by. You really, whether it's your family or friends, it, it's really up to each individual whether they want to go public with this information or not. Um, but I highly suggest at least letting one person know. You don't have to. You don't have to tell the whole world. You don't have to be a spokesperson. You don't have to come on. You know, like like what we're doing right now. You don't have to do that. Um, but don't carry that burden um, alone. Share it with someone who loves you um, and who respects you and cares for you. At least one person, so that you're not carrying that burden alone. It's a it's a it's a tricky journey, and you need someone. I agree. I agree, Christy. Um, I would, I would definitely echo what Taryn just said uh, about research. Um, I would also um, add about picking a doctor, picking a surgeon, not only find a surgeon that you feel comfortable with, but, and has, that you feel comfortable can cut you open and, and get the job done, but is also going to have an aftercare program for you that offers a nutritionist, offers follow-up visits, really is planning on being your doctor for the you know, for the duration. Many of these places, they just kind of, you know, not many, but there's, I know plenty of people, I think we all do, who, who've had surgery and then their program just, you know, doesn't really do much afterwards. So find a program that, that you feel comfortable with. And what great advice from Taryn on, on finding, um, on having that home support system. If, if, if they haven't had the surgery, they can't fully understand, but they don't need to. They just need to support you and they need to um, be a cheerleader for you. And whether it's your spouse or your best friend or your, or your kid or your, or your, uh, some work friends, I mean, whoever, I mean, tell some people, I, I find that sometimes the people that aren't successful are the ones who, um, don't tell anyone and you kind of find out years later that they had surgery. Um, but it was just such a, such a secret. I just think it's, that's hard. Again, like she said, you don't have to you don't have to be a spokesperson for, for bariatric surgery, but um, do your research and then know that bariatric surgery is the time to be selfish. It's the time to take care of you. If you don't put yourself first for this journey, you will not be successful. You have got to put yourself first. So be ready to, to make yourself a priority, make, you know, that you're, you are going to take care of you during this journey and you'll, you know, you'll do the best you can for everyone else, but you have, You've got, you can't make the excuses where you got to take care of your kids or your husband or your wife or your, you know, whatever you've got to, you got to take care of you. So love it. Pierre advice. Advice. Number one thing I would tell people in regards to having the surgery and, you know, and I happen to have this after a friend of mine, um, you know, everybody wants to have surgery and the surgery is not cheap. It's very expensive. Um, depending on your job and the company you work for, before you, you know, you delve into everything, you, you know, obviously do the research and everything like that, but you need to find out through your company if your insurance covers the surgery or not. 
I had a good friend of mine. She wanted to get the surgery and her job doesn't have a plan to cover the surgery, you know? So there's so many different things out there where you go through this and you can't afford it, then it definitely becomes an issue for you. So you want to make sure before you jump into everything, find out if it's covered by insurance. Um, even like when you go in Facebook groups, you know, a lot of people insurance wasn't covered by their job and they ended up flying to Mexico or to get the surgery okay. there. And that's like a big part of their bariatric community about people who fly to Mexico and, you know, you always hear nightmares and stories about, oh, you're going to Mexico and things are going to happen. But it seemed like a large percentage of people are flying over to Mexico because they're getting the same care and even better sometimes going to Mexico because their their company um, doesn't cover it as part of their insurance plan. So you definitely want to make sure you that's covered. And then also you want to find out what requirement is needed because that's the other thing. You know, you might need to see a cardiologist. You might need to see, a, you're going to definitely need to see a psychologist. You're going to see a nutritionist. They're going to make you get on a, uh, they might tell you to lose weight first before you even have the surgery. You, you, you might have to find out about the two week liquid diet, you know, where you're going to eat, drink liquid protein for like two weeks to shrink your liver. So that's the first advice I'd always tell people is to make sure you check to see what your insurance does and doesn't cover. So then that way, you know, the right route to go to get the surgery. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Craig said you guys should be mentors. And I think you just served as mentors to uh, all our present and future uh, viewers. Cause yeah, what, what an eloquent, thoughtful group of people I chose. I'm so glad every time you, every time I've asked you guys a question, I thought, Gee, I'm so glad I invited her to uh, be a part of this show. I mean, really enlightening and exciting. You know, I, I I think this is a valid option. I don't dismiss surgery. And, you know, it certainly can be life-changing and life-saving, more importantly. Yeah. It's just, I, I'm so proud of you all. I'm so grateful you've made the decision and you've come so far. It's uh, it's it's really exciting. What's, what's next for each of you? Just... Give us 20 seconds. Christy, what's a big picture for you? What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to seeing if my meniscus is going to hold up and I can train without doing something embarrassing on the course and finish my first half marathon in quite some time in Richmond in November. And then dopey next year, my friend, dopey next year. So that's, what I, that's what I want to do. Um, so, yeah, I just want to I want to keep keep charging forward and figure all this stuff out. Outstanding. Taryn? I have been, uh, this month I took a break. The Florida heat is a lot. So I um, I took a break from my outdoor running. I hate running on the treadmill. And I know Fitz had to do that and train for her Boston Marathon on the treadmill. I hate treadmill running. So I said, you know what? We're going to focus on stretching, recovery in July. We're going to kick things back off here in August. Okay. Um, and we'll, like I said, training for Dopey. And I've got five states so far this year. So let's see what we can, we can do. Those are great great fun vacations, but also keeps you committed to training. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Pierre. I mean, uh, I think this probably could be another topic and you probably could do another discussion on it in regards to weight loss. Obviously when you lose a extreme amount of weight, you have um, skin issues and um, plastic surgery becomes the next step to kind of solidify the program. If you want to look a certain way and do certain things, um, I was fortunate and blessed and saved some money up over the last four years. As of June 23rd, I had um, a tummy tuck wow. and some lipo 
to get rid of the excess skin around my midsection. And once again, I want to say I've seen other people out there. I was blessed in, to the, in the fact that I wasn't always big, so I didn't have a lot of skin to be removed. But um, I did go through that process as of June 23rd, had a tummy tuck. Um, and my ultimate goal is to keep training for races and running, but to walk the uh, physique stage again um, to compete, you know, bodybuilding physique, and it's funny because, you know, last year, I think I, I said I did the physique competition and I, I lost like 30 pounds, got down to 4% body fat, but I still had excess skin in my midsection. So no much exercising that I do and eating, I can't get rid of that. So having this surgery kind of helped me get rid of that. So now my goal is over the next six months to a year, train again and get to the point where I can walk on the stage and do several physique competition and hopefully uh, do well in them. That's exciting. And I think that actually would be a fantastic topic, the skin surgery. Um, one of my runners in California, Corey, just had it, and he's been quite public about it too. I think he'd be a, a great guest. That's uh, certainly a hot topic for a lot of people who've lost a lot of weight. Yeah, thank you for yeah. sharing that. Hmm. Oh, and, and Chrissy, I, I don't want this to go um, unnoticed. This is a comment that came up while you were talking, and I didn't want the show to end without. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that is my, oh, God bless her. That is my son's very sweet girlfriend, um, Caitlin Davies. Yes. Thank you, Caitlin. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm sure she's right. I feel, <laughs> I feel <laughs> And probably a hundred percent. Oh, it's, I'm embarrassed, but yeah. <laughs> Own it. Own it. All right. Listen, Pierre, Christy, Taryn, I love you all very just deeply. And I'm so grateful for you. This is, this is information I didn't have the capacity to share myself. And I'm, I'm hundred percent confident you've helped quite a few people out there make some good decisions for their health. So well, thank you for giving us this platform. I really appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for appreciate it for reaching out to me to be a part of this as well. Of course. And now you guys have to tell everybody to get to work. Tell them. That's it. Get, get to it. work, y'all. Get, get it. Get to work. You can do it. We did it. You can do it. That's right. Bye. <laughs> Hi, this is Rudy Novotny, the voice of America's marathons. We all love how much running has benefited every aspect of our lives, so much so that most of us only wish we'd started sooner. Wouldn't it be wonderful to gift the opportunity to children of today? Well, you can. The Morning Mile is a before-school walking and running program that gives children a chance to start each day in an active way while enjoying fun, music, and friends. That's every child, every day. It's also supported by a wonderful system of rewards, which keeps students highly motivated and frequently congratulated. Created by our favorite fitness expert, Fitz Kohler, morning milers across the country have run over 2 million miles and are having greater success with academics, behavior, and sports because of it. The morning mile is free to the child, free to the school, and is inexpensively funded by businesses or generous individuals. Help more kids get moving in the morning by visiting morningmile.com champion the program at your favorite school or find out more about sponsorship opportunities that's morningmile.com long may you run